Hello and welcome to Podcast, Podcast But, but outside. outside, episode 61. I'm a headband guy now. Cole's told me that every day for the past week, and now he's telling it to all of you. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Cole. Thank you, man. This episode's really great. We recorded it in the middle of the desert in Joshua Tree, California. We've been cooped up here in my backyard for the past year. AKA PBO Island is what I call it when I think about it. Okay. And so we decided to get out of town a little bit. We went to the desert. And we didn't run into anyone, we didn't talk to anyone random, but what we did is we had listeners and viewers send in stories, and then a bunch of those stories are featured on this episode, and they even inspired Cole and I to share some crazy stories of our own. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that one about... Oh, God. Yeah, so this music this week is by Tess. Powell. Tess Powell, thanks for making a theme song for us. We're running out of theme songs, so if you consider yourself musically gifted, or even if you don't, make a theme song for us, and we might use it in the show. Mm-hmm. And we might not. And we might not. Uh, oh, we have a special announcement. Cole's a headband guy now. I am a headband guy now. And also, we're selling mugs. We have mugs for sale on our website. Uh, they're really cool. They're not like normal cheapo mugs. They're kind of these camping, ceramic camping mugs that have flex in them, and it says podcast but outside. And they're really great. You can put liquids in there. You can put solids in there if you want as well. Yeah, I'll be putting grass and car- and carnage yeah you can put as much carnage in there <laughs> as you can uh muster and mustard, mustard. and mustard yeah. uh yeah so that's a great mug it's 15 dollars on our website plus i mean that's great it helps support us and it helps uh, get liquids and solids into your body speaking of supporting there's important movements happening in this country we've donated this money to black lives matter thanks to the listeners and we continue to encourage people to help where they can yes. in that respect through our merch we were able to donate 1012 dollars Plus, we added an extra dollar, so we donated a total of 1013 mm-hmm. Pretty exciting. All right, it's a great episode. You're all going to enjoy it. We have, a Patre- we have a bunch of new Patreon stuff. We're posting stuff there all the time. Yeah, we just posted a new one this week. Patreon therapy extra bonus interviews. So if you want to support us on Patreon, that helps us continue to do the show that we like doing. Sorry, Omegle therapy, not Patreon therapy. Oh, my gosh. I blew it. Anyway, uh, we'll be out there on the streets soon. You look like the painting. Thanks for watching or Bye. listening. Bye. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay, hey, ma'am. Hey, sir. Talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. 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 Hey, you want to? Hey, you want to? Hey, you want to? Hey, you want to talk to us? Okay. 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 Talk to us. Talk to us. Hello and welcome to Podcast, Podcast But Outside. My name is Andrew. My name is Cole. And we with a K. Oh, which part? This K O L E. Oh, at the beginning K. Yeah. I wasn't sure. We are here in the middle of the desert in Joshua Tree National Park. This is the most isolated and cool we've ever been. Well, except for the other desert episode that either came out before or after this. We're not sure the order. Um, but, you know, with everything going on in the world, we decided to just get a bit of solitude. So we came out here to the middle of nowhere. And we don't expect to run into anyone. We are quite far from the path, quite far from the road. 
There is nothing near us. I see a butterfly. I see a rodent. And I see... That's it. There's the butterfly and coal. All right. Here we are. <laughs> There's some piles of rocks behind us for the listeners. We're surrounded by Joshua trees and rocks and thorny things that physically hurt. Yes. The, the trek to this exact location was brutal. <laughs> it's not fun. No. The thorns seem like they're microscopic, and they embed themselves in the fibers of your clothes and skin. Yeah, it's like you get these regular thorns, and then when you pick out the regular thorns, there are mini thorns on those regular thorns that then get in your skin. And my skin is covered, and my legs and feet are in a lot of pain right now. Mm -hmm. And that's just the desert, the unforgiving desert vibe. There's lots of ants. I have my bucket head on, because I don't want to get burned, because I'm very fair. It's the uh, midday. Did you, oh, did you know fair has racist connotations, the word fair, fair how, skin? How so? It originated because, you know, fair means just and, like, good. Oh, right, of course. And so, like, back in the olden days with the, with you know, the white what, ladies. What, like five years ago? With umbrellas, <laughs> yeah, like last month. Um, they'd say, oh, you have fair skin, which means, like, good skin, just. which means That's just. That's interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Hmm. So we got to come up with a new word for... Uh, light skin evil yeah. evil more just like non-conducive to life oh like, oh delicate delicate like white skin is just it's like it's not practical it, yeah there's more advantages i feel to have dark skin in like a survival pra- practical. practical well no i mean that, i mean it's true it's you know it's a, you're able to survive the sun and that's why you know um i don't want to talk about this anymore okay <laughs> But no, I mean, melanin, you know, I think people who have darker skin have melanin, which biologically, I think, gives you advantages over people with lighter skin. That is true. You're picking out thorns? Yes. Covered in thorns. So the way we're going to do this episode today is it's going to be a bit of a um, story time story time episode. So we commissioned stories. Again, we're not going to run into anyone out here. It's not possible. Um, so we are going to play audio clips or video clips of stories that listeners sent in. And just listen to them, and then maybe it'll inspire us to tell some stories, and then maybe it'll be fun. So that's the idea for the show. It's nice to be out here in the safe desert. The desert actually is kind of brutal. Like, there's prickly things, there's heat, there's no water. It definitely is always trying to kill you. Society is more dangerous to some. Mm. Sorry, I keep bringing it back to uh, (laughs) injustice. Yeah, Cole's woke now. I am. I just woke up. Oh, you just woke up. You were asleep your whole life, mm-hmm. all, all 12 years of it. Hey, I am like way older. For the listeners, you got you to check out a picture of this on our social media or something because the, the, the vibe that we are in right now is so beautiful. Serene. It is serene. All right. So we have a list of stories. How are you going to choose which ones to play? Just randomly? Well, there are some very catchy titles. Okay. That... I liked. Play whatever is catchy to you for the beginning. I mean, there's, let's see, ATV crash when I was a young child, or ooh-wee, it's story time, or IMG underscore 1658 dot MOV. Do that one. Try that one. Try that one. That one sounds really sexy. That one's by Bridget Rose Goes. Try it. IMG. That sounds great. Let's see what we got. Hello, I'm Bridget. Um, These are lists of Animal Crossing bugs because I love Animal Crossing. So the story I'm about to tell you, when I was Two. little, I loved, I loved, loved my little ponies. And my older brother would like to hide them from me <laughs> because you know, hiding my little ponies is like 
he's now his older brother. That's what I used and to do. And one time he hid them in a lamp. And my mom turned the lamp on because she didn't know they were in there. And the heat, the heat from the light bulb caused them to melt together. Bless you. It, like, into scariness. And my mom threw it out. But then maybe like a week later, well, I was devastated too. Like my mom tried to buy me new My Little Ponies. I was like, no. Like a week later, my brother was like, Bridget, don't forget to check for monsters under your bed. So I look under my bed and what do I see? But the scary light bulb, My Little Pony, because my brother took it out of the trash. And, and that is a very, I wish that story wasn't true, but it is. Hmm. I think there was one time like hiding stuff. I think at one point my brother he used to like we had this couch and he used to pick his nose and then he'd wipe all the boogers on the back of the couch okay that faced the walls and then one day when we were like getting rid of the couch they finally like pulled the couch out and saw all these dried boogers just completely caked on this white leather couch i was thinking about did i tell i think i told the story on the show before when when i was in college my pillow got laid on fire what did i tell that story because it reminded me of her thing when i was in college this is so crazy. I was studying. It was like my freshman year of college. I was living in the dorm and I was up late reading and I was in a, it was in a religion class and the text that I was reading was like particularly like kind of I guess like very high level kind of religious theology thinking and it was like kind of very dense. I remember reading it. And it was like kind of difficult to understand and I think there was like stuff in it about like like burning and smiting and like kind of like stuff like that and then i fell asleep reading and i was there was a lamp really close to my head like lighting the 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 book that i was reading and then i woke up to the fire alarm (sighs) blaring and my pillow was on fire was your head on your yes my hair was on fire as well from the from the lamp that had been so close to my head in the pillow and it's just there's smoke everywhere. The fire alarm is blaring. My head's on fire. I had to like pat my head down. I had to. I picked up the pillow. The pillow is physically on fire. I opened the window and I threw it out the window because <laughs> I just like didn't know what else to do. Because I was trying to pat it down and it wasn't going down. And it was like a down pillow, so it's all like duck feathers and right. stuff. So it smelled awful in there, and it was like really scary and smelled terrible. And then I had to like it was such it was so bad that it was like toxic in there and they had to move me out of my dorm and do like some really intense like you know high level cleaning and then my my dorm mate my roommate the way that our dorms were like you got you you had to have your own room Mm -hmm. but we like shared a a common door so Mm -hmm. you had to go into his room to get into my room and so on so his room was contaminated too and it was the middle of the night so they ended up giving me for some reason i don't know why they did it this way they made him stay with a friend and they gave me my own single dorm for like a week. And it was awesome. I just like <laughs> would like drink in there and party and invite people over. Cause it was just like, it was like, it was like I was on vacation in a hotel room. Right. It was like a whole other dorm building. Mm-hmm. And I just like got to stay there for a week alone. It was really cool. And um, then they deep cleaned the room and then I was able to go back. What force do you think smited you? Yeah, that is an interesting question. I mean, I definitely was smote and <laughs> I don't know who did the smiting, but if I had to guess, I guess Yahweh. Way. No way. Yeah, way. Huh. So that was definitely a, a similar thing to hers, you know, in terms of the lamp. Yeah. Hmm. This is just story time. We're going to hear some stories. We're going to tell some stories. We're in the desert. Um, that's what you get. Okay. Who do you want to hear? We have a cool story about being a really, really short guy. 
That sounds good. Um, Is that yours? Nope. And if there's one that mentions being a rodent, that's not mine either. <laughs> Let's look for You sh- get it though, right? Not really. Like the rodent thing? No. Oh. I feel like I'm well, I feel like I have human features. I feel like I I speak like like a human. I'm pretty articulate. I I walk in two legs. I've met some really interesting rodents, I'll say that much. It was not a negative, it was a compliment. Well, yeah, because most of the well-known ones, like, own Disney. Yeah, Ratatouille. He's a chef. All right, short guy. Hey, guys. I hope you guys are having a good episode so far. It's really late. Thanks. Um, I'm walking around my neighborhood right now. It's my mom's birthday. Oh, happy birthday. So you are legally required to put me in this episode. Um, oh, so we did it. Wish her happy birthday. Um, not selfish at all. But uh, if you don't put me in, my lawyers will be in contact. So choose wisely. Time is um, ticking, anyway, my I friend. I want to keep this really quick. So I saw your tweet. I want to tell you guys a story. So when I was in fifth grade, I was the second shortest kid in the entire school. And I remember that because I used to bully the other kid for being shorter. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I went to the pediatrician. I was like, hey, should I get this checked out? I'm really short. I'm sort of self-conscious about it. And the doctor got super offended because he was really short. And so he got so fucking pissed he was like, what's so bad about being short? Why Why are you, were you making fun of me or something? And, you know, the whole spiel. So I dropped it. Not worth the hassle, right? I cut to a few years later, he moves to Boston. So I get a new pediatrician. And he says, you know, you're pretty short. You should get that checked out. <laughs> and so I go to the endocrinologist. I, I, um, you know, they give me an IV, test my blood. I was watching the Aristocats. Um, I haven't seen that movie before since then. So the only thing I remember about it is that they were cats. And they were probably pretty rich, judging by the title. They may have had a form of government based on wealth, but that's besides the point. Turns out I actually have growth hormone deficiency. They found that oh, out. Wow. Um, which means I don't grow too good. Um, Loser. Diagnosed with short. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I started taking growth hormone injections every night to make myself taller and big and strong and cool. Um, they predicted that I was going to be five foot two if I didn't do anything about it. I'm 16 years old right now. I'm still growing a little bit, but I'm, I'm just about five foot eight, five foot nine, nice. average height, you know. Um, but you know, I, I, um, I would have been totally fucking screwed over if I had listened to that stupid fucking prick doctor. I mean, fuck that guy, Doctor Cohen. If you're listening to this, fuck you. More like Doctor Napoleon. Uh, and if you're not listening to this, I hope you have a really good day. Um, so anyway, guys, um, I like this format. I hope you include me in this episode. Um, and yeah, bye-bye. I loved him. Yeah. He was great. Great storyteller, funny guy, and I love the outdoor naturescape. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's funny about this episode right now is it sounds like we're in a recording studio. Yeah. Because it is so ridiculously quiet. Like, just not talk for a second. We've never been in an environment that quiet. Right. And we're in the most vast landscape yeah, possible. Yeah, it's, it's massive out here. That guy was awesome. What was his name? His name was, I don't think any name. Average height guy? Average height. You know, I didn't grow until like college. Yeah. I wasn't short, but I certainly was not tall. And now I would say I'm tall. And that didn't happen until I was in college. Yeah, I was always tall. Right. I listened to a podcast episode um, when I was in Costa Rica in November. And... It was all about what he's talking about, human growth hormone, giving to short kids. I've had a few family members take that. And it's an interesting thing where there's kind of a a really, you know, 
like pointed philosophical debate about whether I mean for his case it sounds like he had a human growth hormone deficiency mm-hmm. so maybe he needed to take it for a variety of reasons not only his height but there is an interesting debate right now about the ethics of giving your kid human growth hormone for it to be taller mm. because they don't quite know if there are side effects of it like it's a new enough thing that they don't mm. really know if it like might lead to health complications down the road right. and being tall you know to some degrees at a certain point it is like a quality of life thing where like if you're under i don't know five feet tall it's probably difficult to do things and, and stuff like that mm-hmm. but like you know if you're between five foot and six foot or somewhere in that range like it's more of an aesthetic thing where like you think that society prefers people who are taller. So you're like giving your, it's almost like I'm going to give my kid an injection every month. That'll make them hotter. And I don't know mm. if it'll make them die late or earlier in life. Like, yeah. And it's like the kid doesn't have a choice. It's just really, the podcast did a really good job of like illustrating the kind of, and the guy who was doing the, the, the journalist who was doing the podcast was someone who was like five feet tall. Mm. And so he's like, his whole life has been short and he's kind of interviewing parents who are like, you know, they talked to like an Orange County family who are like these kind of like really rich kind of waspy parents. And they're like, you know, I just want my son to have the best chance at life. And if, you know, he being taller helps that. And it's just a very interesting debate of like whether you would intervene in your kids behalf to make them have potentially a better life, but also who knows the health complications. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, we, we don't know what a fully grown adult who's had growth hormones look like. Right. It's just it's, it's such a new thing. And it definitely makes kids taller. In this kid's case, it sounds like, you know, it was a medical necessity, but. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you're not that short, but if you had, when you were a kid, were you self-conscious about being short? No, not really. If you were told, like, hey, take this and you'll be taller, like, do you think you would have done it? No. No, you would have said no. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think I would have. Just because, I don't know, I never cared about being short, Mm -hmm. because, I don't know, I feel like it, it works to my advantage. And, you know, as we get and, and, you know, the whole thing with this debate is like as we get better and better at potentially intervening in genetics and mm-hmm. people's bio- biology, those questions are going to become more and more important. And it'll become a wealth thing where if you are rich, you mm-hmm. can afford interventions that will make your kids smarter and hotter. And like right. that's such a weird there's such weird implications there. Yeah. Do you know about CRISPR? CRISPR? No. Hold on. I'm going to. I'm putting up my umbrella. It's too hot for me. <laughs> okay. Cole's got a black umbrella and the blistering hot. That's not a parasol. It's just straight up an umbrella, right? Uh, yes, yeah, it's an umbrella. Yeah. Not a parasol. Can I put some water on it to see how it works? I guess so. Okay. It might go directly onto you. Yes. On my laptop. Seems to work. No, it didn't get on my laptop. What were you saying? CRISPR? CRISPR. I mean, look, this is above my pay grade. I'm not a scientist, but I've been following the CRISPR thing for however many years since Ra- Radiolab first started talking about it. It's gene editing technology. Ah. So it splices. It, it, it The potential is to, you have the um, sperm and the egg from your baby or whatever, and I think you combine them to create an embryo. And then you look at the genetic sequence of that embryo, hmm. and you say, oh, this genetic sequence right here shows that your kid isn't going to be as smart as it could be. But if we add this in here, your kid will be smarter. And it's very tricky. And obviously the philosophical implications are very bizarre. And also the wealth thing where it's like the richest people have access to make their kids smarter and better, which is already true by the fact of, you know, 
in terms of the, the gap in education and education is so important and education in lower income neighborhoods is often less comprehensive and mm-hmm. it's just a it's not going to be great for the income inequality situation sure i'll play devil's advocate let's hear it so you know life is all about survival mm-hmm. practicality I hear you out there in the desert right now. And species reproduce to like the, you know, survival of the fittest, survival of the fit, like the most. So like if we're able to reproduce and have the best, I'm not saying I'm in favor. I'm just saying, I'm just, I'm just arguing for the sake of arguing. Oh boy. Have you heard of eugenics? Yeah. Sounds like you're going down that path, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) If you can... (laughs) If if you can create the fittest most you know being to live, like if we've already evolved to the point where we can choose the fittest to survive, mm. bad news bears. The thing is, I think humanity has evolved be not be evolved, but we have succeeded enough that survival is no longer an issue. Mm. Like you know what I mean. Like look, if there's a thousand people on the planet then what you're saying definitely makes sense but because there's seven billion yeah it's no longer about like are is human beings because because uh, our survival depends actually honestly on our own ability to allow us to survive mm-hmm. our survival depends on us not blowing ourselves up or us not depleting the earth of all its natural resources or us not creating global warming like our survival isn't about an individual on an individual level people being like faster or stronger or smarter it's more just like collectively we need to make decisions that lead to the survival of the planet and thus our species. I don't think on a level, but on a case by case basis, like that individual people being better is going to lead to any change. Sure. If that makes sense. Sure. I just think we've already succeeded. Like right. humans are the most powerful species that has but ever if you, existed. But if you can make them as smart as possible, they could also help save the world. But it is, but the fact is, only if that technology becomes widespread and it has nothing to do with income, I think it's okay. If every single family was given the opportunity to mm-hmm. make their kids smarter and better, I think it would be okay. But the reality is those technologies are only going to be available to the most wealthy. Sure. That's the problem. If you could make uh, your son or daughter hot for free, if you can make them a 10 out of 10, and like a scientist approached you, he's like, "Hey, I'll do this for free if you like." What are the side effects? We don't know. Um, no, there are no side effects. Hell yeah. 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 Okay. What if the side effect is like, maybe they'll have a lisp. <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, when hot people have stuff like that, it's like is charming. Cute. Yeah. Okay. Grimes has a. I was looking videos at Grimes the other day. Looking videos at Grimes. I was looking. I was looking. What does that mean? Me and Grimes were looking at videos uh, okay, of her it. together. Of her talking. Yeah. Okay. And she was. She's attractive. I was like, okay, yeah, that, she has a lisp, and that's cute. Yeah, I dated someone with a lisp. Really. Gr- Grimes. Oh, really? But no, I did. I did have a girlfriend for a while who had a lisp, and she was cute. And the lisp was cute. Okay. Would you make your kid hot? Yeah, not hotter than me though. Like I'd want to, I'd want to a little bit less, a little bit less. So like probably like a 10. Oh, right. Instead of like an 11, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. God, I'm trying to prick these things, prick these things out of my pants and pick the pricks, pick the pricks. I got a hypothetical. Okay. This is a joke that Moshe Kasher used to tell on stage. He's been a guest on a show before. Okay. This is a hypothetical situation. Okay. Would you rather eat human shit? Yes. Or not? 
<laughs> Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the most casual joke right there. <laughs> um. Okay. Let's see. We got a uh, weird story of the neighborhood gift giver. Let's hear. It. I love that. Sounds like To Kill a Mockingbird. Ooh. To tell a story, bird. Boo Radley. <laughs> the gift giver is by Emma Wright. Person in one of my parents' neighborhoods, I'm trying to keep the details vague because I don't want them to see this and be like, that was me. And they had a habit of giving people figurines. <laughs> we had an occurrence with this person in the past where they tried to pry my twin brother's window open with a toy lightsaber and get into our house. It was weird. So one day we were home alone, my brothers and I, and my twin brother was taking a nap. And he was like in the state where like he was kind of awake but asleep. And he felt somebody put a figure onto his chest, like put something on his chest, pat his shoulder, and then he heard them walk out of the room. And he was like, that's weird. So he got up and he had like this little figurine on his chest and he came upstairs and was like, did you do this? And I was like, no, I've been up here like all day. And he's like, oh. So he goes and asks our older brother and he's like, did you do this? And he's like, no, I've been in my room all day. So we're all kind of weirded out because we're home alone. And we go to the kitchen and look and see that the back door is like kind of open. And then we look at the figurine and realize it was like the figurines that this person would give people. So this person figured out that our back door was unlocked, walked into the house, went to my brother's room, put this figurine on him, patted him and left. It was really weird, but at the same time, I guess expected. (laughs) Wow. And he didn't even lose a tooth or anything? Did you used to get figurines when you'd lose it too? I'd get like toys or money, beanie babies. I wish I knew what this figurine looked like. Maybe she can send us a picture. Yeah. I mean, look, I got I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I think their neighbor rocks. Mm-hmm. If I you know, I mean, have I given toys to all the kids in my neighborhood? Yeah. Have I given it to them in the middle of the night when they're taking nappies? Yeah. Yeah, time doesn't exist, so it doesn't right. matter when you give a gift. Yeah, I mean, look, if you got figurines, if you're flush with figurines, spread them around and tap them on the shoulder. Did you believe in the Tooth Fairy growing up? I th- I know that I was pretty gullible as a kid. I don't know if I specifically remember th- believing in the Tooth Fairy. I must have, because I believed in a lot of stuff. I remember when I was in fourth grade. No, I was in third grade, so older and should have known better. Actually, it might have been second grade. I was in like, I was in a young grade, first, first, second, third, maybe even kindergarten. I was in a young, I was young and, um, I had to do a, a so were you old or I was young. Okay. I had to do a, a report like uh, in front of my class on, um, like where we used to live or something. Mm-hmm. It was like something about like where you grew up or I don't know, like if you ever lived anywhere else. And I remember asking my brother and sister, I was like, where did we live? Like when I was a baby. And they said we lived in a dumpster behind McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, lived in a du- we lived in a dumpster behind McDonald's. I was like, really? They're like, yeah, we lived in the dumpster and people would throw in food and like we would eat the food and like leftovers. And yeah, we lived in that dumpster. You don't remember? Like by the beach, we used to go to the beach and, like, and we'd take showers in the, ba- in the ocean and all stuff or take baths in the ocean. And then I went up to my mom and I was like, mom, did we really live in a, be- in a dumpster behind McDonald's? And she's funny. And she goes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> she just like fully backed up their story. And then I gave the the thing in class. 
And I was like t- giving this whole speech, and I think like my mom was there, like kind of like laughing. In your my, mom was there. I in think the so. Class? Look, in my memory, I gave this speech that I that we used to live in the dumpster behind behind McDonald's, and I actually wrote my <laughs> college entrance essay about that experience. Whoa. But my mom insists, and I trust her memory is probably better. My mom insists that they only kept the lie up for a couple of days, and I never gave that le- that speech to the class. Okay. In my memory, I did. In her memory, I didn't. So I don't know what is true. But either way, for a few days at least, I was like working on a report. Oh my god! That they were lying to me about our origins. That's amazing. One time in second grade, this bully told me that um, Barney, like the dinosaur, yeah, the guy who. The guy in the costume got arrested for touching kids' private parts. <laughs> okay. And I was like, no, that's not true. He's like, yes, it is. I'm like, no, it's not. He's like, go ask Mr. J, which is our teacher. And I was like, okay. So I went and asked him. I was like, is this true? And then he just like looks at the kid. His name was Matt. And he goes, get over here. And he's like, you're like, you have a, like a det- like you're missing recess. Whoa. Did it really happen? Was that true though or not? No, I don't think so. So, like, I don't know what was in it for that kid for me to believe that. Just a false rumor. And I don't know why he would ask, he would tell me to go tell the teacher. I also, I did believe in the tooth fairy. One time I lost a tooth and I was like, I'm going to catch her. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to, no, I was like, I'm going to see if the tooth fairy is real. Mm. And I lost a tooth. It was was like a back molar. Mm. I didn't tell anyone. Oh, I like that. Didn't tell any of my parents. Didn't tell, not a soul. And I put it under my pillow. Um, and then the next morning I wake up and it's gone and there's like money no way. under my pillow. Do you think your parents just checked every night? No. So I was like so convinced and I was like, I, I ran into my mom's bathroom. She's like doing her hair. And I was like, she's real. The tooth fairy's real. I didn't tell you anything. Like I, I didn't even tell anyone and I got money for it. And she was like, wow, that's amazing. Congrats. That's so exciting. And then, like, years later, I found out that she did, that, she, I mean, she's a dental hygienist, so she was just, able, she saw it once, she saw that something was missing in my mouth. Oh, like when you were eating or something? I guess so. Huh. She's sneaky. Yeah. I don't know how I, how do you not wake up when there's a hand under your pillow, or it's on fire? I mean, we slept in the same place last night, I'll just say this, you do not wake up easily. Really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Definitely not. Okay. Some stuff went down that I thought for sure you were going to wake up for. Yeah. I mean, I did wake up. There's a figurine under it. Under it? The pillow. Oh, okay. Cole? Yeah? You want to take a second to thank our sponsor? Always. Okay. Uh, I've got a question for you. Okay. Do you sometimes feel not great? Mm-hmm. Are you interested in feeling better? Yeah. Did you burp? Was that a burp there? No, you did. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. What I might recommend... What I might recommend is a product called Feels. Okay. F E A L S. Feels is a better way Are to you feel swallowing? better. I don't you know okay? what's happening. But I might need some Feels myself. I didn't have some last night. That's probably what's happening here. Oh. Feels is a premium CBD company that it delivers directly to your door. And Feels helps you feel better naturally. It'll help you reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. It's easy to take. You just take place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. Um, I personally take feels uh, every night before I go to sleep. Makes me go to sleep right away. I've taken it before too. And what did that make you do? 
made me just nice. That's pretty good. I do like that. One cool thing about Feels is that it's easy to take. You just place some drops on your tongue and they have a real human support. One real human support. <laughs> so if you have any questions about CBD, you're new to the product, new to the experience. They have more than one human support. They have more I than think. one human support and you can call their hotline and ask any questions and they'll help you get set up. Mm-hmm. You've called before, right, Cole? Yes. And every, every time. Every time. And, and what is that like for you? They're just so nice and helpful and reassuring and informative. And great. That's great. It's a better way to feel better naturally. There's no high. There's no hangover. There's no addiction. It is CBD. Um, It is not a psychoactive thing. Um, To join the Feels community, it's a membership. So you get Feels delivered every month. You save money on every order. And you can pause or cancel at any time. Yeah. So to use Feels, first you got to buy it. And to buy it, you got to go to feals.com slash outside. That's feals.com slash outside for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's almost 51% off. Uh Uh-huh. That's so close. That's so close and it's pretty good. And some would say it's over half off. Mm Mm-hmm. Some would. Feals.com slash outside, 50% off your first order plus free shipping. And the membership stuff, we said that. Yeah, it's a membership. It's awesome. Check out Feels, check out Life, and thrive in the harsh reality of the world. Thanks, Feels. Back to the show. My substitute teacher caused a chlamydia outbreak and slept with students and more. Let's hear it. I love it. Uh, And this one is by Madeline Hart. This is a story of a substitute teacher I had and some questionable things she did. So to get things started, this was a substitute teacher that's been teaching like my grade and the grades around me for about six years. And this teacher has a bit of a reputation for doing questionable things like flirting with students as young as grade nine, which is about 14. And she is in her early 30s. And there's lots and lots and lots of rumors about her having relationships with students, but there's only one confirmed case, which is the one I'm going to talk about today. So Miss G, two years ago now, started a relationship with a grade 11 student who was 16. The legal age of consent where I live is 16, but she was in a position of power over him, so it's still very illegal and very morally wrong. But Every single student in our school, and most of the teachers knew or suspected something for probably about six months and before the school board did anything about it or even like brought it up. So she was still teaching at our school and had her job for months while every single student knew what was going on. So basically what happened and how she got called out to most of the teachers in our school is during a staff meeting, She was texting this particular student under the desk and another teacher next to her saw and called her out on this. And that's how it got brought to attention of our principal and then by the school board. So just to top it all off, like sleeping with a student for a year isn't bad enough. She also caused a chlamydia outbreak at our school because she gave that one student chlamydia who then passed it on to a couple other students who passed it on to a couple of other students until about 20 or 30 of our 200 person graduating class had chlamydia that originated from this one teacher. So after everything happened and 
She got fired, obviously. Freaking hope so. She didn't show up to her trial. And she also didn't end up going to prison or having any sort of charges. Even though you can ask a student, it all happened. And now she works at a restaurant downtown. And also, the kid, just to top it all off, a little cherry on top, the student won the biggest flirt at that year's prom awards and had to get up and accept an award in front of about 700 people for sleeping with a teacher. How fun. How fun indeed. How fun. Sub. Not much. How about you? No, sub. Substitute teacher. Oh. Okay. Interesting. Did you ever sleep with any teachers? Not that I remember, but also, my, you know, my memory is bad. Right, right, right. Did you? No. No. How could the chlamydia be traced all the way back to her? I don't know. It's a good question. But I do feel like if it's a bunch of high school students and they're only sleeping with each other, I feel like there'd have to be a, an outside source that would transmit chlamydia to them in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of how... I don't know. I guess so. I mean, the whole thing with me about like teachers sleeping with students is I'm like, I mean, like it's always interesting thinking of like how it started, because that's like such a yeah. How do like, you? Start I understand that? they're flirting. I get. I got. I know how flirting works, but like to go from flirting or even like I don't know. It's just like if a teacher is being like nice to me and I'm 14, 16 years old, like I would never assume they want to fuck me. Yeah. It's just it's like such a, such a leap. And I'm like, who makes that? I mean, obviously she does probably, but it's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. How does that happen? So I'm curious about that moment of like getting a kid's number. First of all, that's crossing a line or even like an entertainment. Like I know people who like, I know someone who's like, married to someone who used to be his manager you know and i'm mm. like how do you make that move like i think about my my manager and i'm just like you know we talk on the phone and we email and stuff and we see each other but it's like i just don't understand who would make that transition into like oh this is now this like it's just so bizarre like it's the, the power dynamic is so mm-hmm. so established in these kind of like roles it's strange yeah i did have a fourth grade teacher who did treat my friend and i pretty weird it was, she was very. She was a very attractive woman, uh-huh. but um, there was this one kid who came to my school uh, from Georgia, and he was like the class hunk. Mm-hmm. Like he was like this. He had a southern accent. He mm-hmm. was like all the hype, and his whole family was very attractive too. But like, she would like. He was in fourth grade, and he was all the hype. He was all the hype in fourth <laughs> okay. grade. Like okay. everyone was like in love with him. <laughs> okay. Um, but he was like my very good friend, and she would just offer. We'd get like special treatment from this teacher like she would like she would like drive us home from school okay like like drive us to like his house and like he would like another cool aspect of this kid was that he had like dirt bikes like motorbikes Mm -hmm. and she would like ride with him like she'd like get on the back and like ride (laughs) around his house like like she'd like hang out with us after school that's not good and uh like you know, she'd be holding on to him from the back. That's and not good. He had these dirt bikes, and he'd just like ride them around around the city. Uh, and I, I remember thinking at the time, I'm like, this is weird. Yeah. Like being in her car, and her driving us to like you know, get food or like. It's a little weird. I remember being jealous. Yeah, you weren't a hot teacher. What's he up to now? I don't know. I think he's back in Georgia. 
Hmm. With his hot family. That's nice. Just an all-around hunk. All right. Next one? Next one. Let's do I Saw a Penis in Venice with my mom. Hey, Colin Andrew. After I graduated high school, my mom and I did a backpacking trip around Europe that summer. We had spent a few weeks in the former Yugoslavia when we took the train to Venice, Italy. We got off the train and walked through this very busy plaza to a water taxi station to get to where we were staying. In that station, um, I believe I'm sitting on the bench, there is this man, a very normal European looking guy with you know a nice polo and shorts, some nice sunglasses on and these designer bags holding them like so. Here's a visual from my mom <laughs> in front of his crotch. Now, at some point, I look over and I am shocked to see his flaccid penis sticking out of his fly. The fly is buttoned, but his penis, and only his penis, his balls are not part of there, are out and in this, you know, water taxi station. And my mom just reminded me that he was moving it. Um, now, moving it where? I'm shocked. <laughs> it's not the first penis I've seen, but I'm shocked. And um, my mom is dying. And I go to my mom. I say, and she can't see it because the angle of his bags is blocking it from her. But at some point, she does get to see it. And because we're get in Italy, it. the only other person in this water taxi station is a really old nun. And there's not really a climax to the story. That's just kind of what happened, no, I believe. Not until you left. He yeah. le- no, I think he left right after we saw it and kind of were rattled climax, by it. Yeah. Um, that's it. A guard it. hopped over the railing and came and got him. A guard hopped over a railing and came and got him. I don't Tried remember that part. Chased him. Okay. Well, that's it. At least someone came. She really did not want to hear her mom's input on that. <laughs> also, I just got to say this. It'll always be Yugoslavia to me. Yeah? She said former Yugoslavia, but for me... Always. Always will be Yugoslavia. You're a man of tradition. Um, you ever done that? You ever like jacked off in front of a tourist? I don't think so. Again, memory not great. <laughs> no, that's... It's, that is such a classic thing. Yeah. Like I have so many friends with that same story mm-hmm. and it's just like, it's so, it, it's, it's a sexual perversion, you know, but you want to be forcing your kink on other people. It's very inappropriate. Why was he flaccid though? Um, that is a good question. I mean, in Chicago, that would always happen to g- friends of mine, girls, mm-hmm. girlfriends of mine on the train. Sure. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. yeah the trains, the trains, the trains. In New York city subway. It happened yeah. to, even in a small town in Colorado. It happened to friends of mine. I mean, you know, I feel like what we got to do is we got to like, you know, we got to figure out a way for these people to get their sexual gratification in that way that isn't harming other people, you know? Yeah. That's a tricky thing. It's like when you're like, when your sexual perversion necessitates incurring harm on others, you know, it's not your fault that you, that you are sexually attracted to that type of thing. Mm -hmm. And we just got to figure out a way for you to get it out. I think, I think every train needs to have a dedicated subway car that's like the kink car right where anything goes <laughs> and like oh no <laughs> the camera fell the camera just fell on the ground the wind give a little thumbs up to the camera let them know that you're still around okay we're back slight technical problem the camera fell the wind knocked down the camera even here in the middle of Nowhere, nature does not want us to reveal its secrets on air. What were we talking about? The kink car? Oh, you were talking about a subway car where everyone can just do whatever they want sexually. Yeah. It just sounds dangerous. Yeah. Oh, okay. So if you could, if a scientist came up to you and said, okay, you can make your your child hot. Yes, yes. 10 out of 10. Yes. Only thing is, 
They'll flash someone once. Oh, only once? Yeah. Mm. Hmm. That's tough, you know, because you are inflicting a negative thing on other people, but you're inflicting a positive thing on other people who get to look at your hot kid and think, oh, that kid's so cute. Is it a boy? Yes. Hmm. I don't know. Mm, double what, standard. What do you mean? So if it was a girl, you'd like want her flashing people? I'd be more okay with it. Okay. Yeah. Flashing one person. Once. Or a bunch of people. No, just like in public. Just flashing. I feel like, you know, male sexuality is forced on society in a way that female sexuality isn't. So I think if a woman were to flash, it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Okay. You don't agree with that? No, I agree. Good. Next story. Let's see what uh, Zach PBO's story is all about. The penis one was by Maddie Garfield. Okay. Hey, Andrew and Cole. Uh, hey. This is Zach calling to you from Ohio. Whoa. I guess I'm not really calling him. Just kind of setting it in an audio file. But anyway, um, you know, recording this outside. Hear the bird chirps, probably, maybe. I like that. But uh, so the, the story that I've got for you guys is about my freshman college roommate. Um, I don't really want to use his real name, so we'll just uh, we'll just call him G. And uh, G, um, you know, his uh, he would eat um, ramen noodles for just about every meal as like kind of like a stereotypical college thing, you know. And one morning um, for breakfast, he decided he was going to make ramen again, but he didn't have uh, anything to cook it in. So um, he decided he was going to cook it inside of his uh, water bottle that we all gotten from orientation. And uh, he didn't really have anywhere to cook it. You know, we just were in like a small college dorm. So um, what he decided to do was take this water bottle, kind of crush up like the ramen uh, and put it all in to the water bottle. And then uh, just stick that water bottle in the microwave. And uh, he made sure to put the cap on kind of tight um, because it wasn't tall enough. So he had to like lean it over on its side when it cooked. Um, and uh, I don't know if you guys can see where this is going or not, but what ended up happening Delicious was meal. that the pressure um, uh, from like the, the steam and everything, that the cap actually blew off and the water bottle shot like a rocket. It, uh, it shot out of our microwave and blew the, the door off its hinges um, and then shot across the room, like under my bed where I was still somewhat asleep uh, and back across the room uh, to the, the opposite corner and uh, just leaving a trail of like steaming ramen all across our room. Um, so yeah, that was uh, fun to explain to the uh, repairman who had to come repair our microwave. Uh, but yeah, that's my story. Thanks for the podcast. It's dope, guys. Uh, have a good one. The podcast is dope. He's right about that. That's what you call a ramen bomb. Yeah? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they use that in war, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the um that's in Pearl Harbor. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Japanese are dropping a lot of ramen bombs <laughs> on uh, on American um troops. Uh. That movie Pearl Harbor is about that. Ramen bombs. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there was a holiday that um Muslim people celebrate. Pearl ramen Harbor? bomb? Oh, ramen. <laughs> Yeah, are you fasting for ramen bomb? Yeah, I haven't eaten any ramen. I'm saving them for the bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Happy ramen bomb. <laughs> I have so many crazy roommate stories. Really? Like yeah, from I mean, college or from now? From me, well, from college. Uh, I mean, there's always like a you know, sleepwalkers and stuff. And the guy in the room next to me, he slept walked and peed. He slept peed in his microwave. 
huh. and closed it. <laughs> Whoa. And then the next morning, people wake up and it's a microwave full of piss. Um, my own roommate slept, walked, pissed all over his, uh, in our closet, all over his dirty laundry, dirty laundry hamper. And I tried to stop him because he was peeing, like mm. mid-pee. And he attacked me. He's He was like, we talked about this. I'm like, we didn't talk about this. <laughs> He's like... We had a rule, like there's no rule. But he was like, he was like, it was like he was possessed by something evil. And then he started chasing me, um, very violent, and then locked me out of the room. Oh, it's a bug eating me. Really? I got bit by a bug. Oh, Anyways, no. continue. Um, ah, get off of me. I'm telling a story. <laughs> I'm getting bit by a bug. Just sit through it. The desert wants to kill us. Um, they, uh, yeah, and then my RA had to come and let me back in my own room because he had went and fallen back asleep. Next morning, he didn't remember any of it. Hmm. But the craziest thing is there's this the guy in the dorm next to me. He He's this guy from Australia. He was kind of, I don't know. He didn't have a lot of friends. Hmm. He kind of like, I don't know, annoyed a lot of He's Australian. People. I he's get Australian. it. I get it. I don't know. I don't know if he listens to this. On, I'm not sure if he does or not. Um, anyway, I won't say his name. He he was very kind of a little bit desperate for friends. He didn't really fit in. He was, he was a little socially I off. I hope he's not listening to this. Jesus. One day this guy came to our school. Like, he was this bigger guy and a little bit older. And he was like, he, he said he was from London. And, you know, he'd walk, he was always talking about an accent. And he like, he was this guy's only friend. Like, they like became best friends. Mm, they became two foreigners. Like, two foreigners, and he's like, "Hey, like my lease is up. Can I, you know, can I crash in on the floor of your dorm?" And he's like, "Yeah, you." The can. London guy. The London guy, and he's okay. like, "Yeah, for sure. Like you, you know, you're in transition." And this one guy, th- stuff started to go missing a little bit okay. in the dorms. Like stuff was, like someone's credit card was used to buy books. Um. And so another roommate of this guy who is, you know, he, he was the son of a police chief. So he's of the Chicago like police mm. chief. So he's very suspicious. And he starts like he gets his dad to like look into this guy. He doesn't trust him. Everyone everyone is like totally blind. He's like, oh, this is like the nicest guy. The, the British uh, guy. The British guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they eventually they do a background search. And they find out that this guy is wanted in seven states. He's from America. I think he's from like Philadelphia oh. or something. And he's been lying like for like months um, and just living with all of us. Creepy. The whole police department raids the student center. He's in the student center on a, like, on a computer. Sure. And he just like, he knows he's wanted. So he just puts his hands up and like gets escorted out, like arrested. And. <laughs> this poor kid who th- this was his only friend like the whole friendship was just a lie oh, just no. a whole ruse it was so like this kid was like traumatized like yeah. he like didn't know what to believe he was like just so hurt and um i don't know it, it ended with like the day he got arrested like the police were like in our dorms and they were like hey guys you guys can take whatever you want because he had all of his stuff there so like we all just took like a souvenir from this guy of like all of his like possessions because he's in jail. So I took like this build a bear teddy bear that he had, Whoa. and other people like took his food. Like we just pretty much looted this guy's like everything that he had. Wow, it was insane. Yeah, he was like wanted for fraud. He was like 
He's like he was a scam artist, and he yeah. had this he had this notebook with all these crazy like weird Bible verses like handwritten and scratched into it. It was it was it was huh. it was wild. That reminds me, um, when I was in college, uh, I think it was my senior year or like the summer before my senior year. Um, I bought a scooter from a guy on Craigslist. Have mm-hmm. I told this on our show before? Mm-mm. I bought a scooter from a guy on Craigslist, like a like an electric or, or a motorized gas scooter, a Honda 250 Elite, 1985. If you're curious. And um, who wasn't? Well, for the listeners, you know, okay. who knows? Any scooter people out there? And I bought. It's basically like a motorcycle. It's a 250, so it could go on a freeway, go like 75, 80. It was. I'm I'm happy I did never gotten a crash. But anyway, bought the scooter from this guy on Craigslist, and then. When he delivered the scooter, he parked his windowless van in front of my house and lived there for three <laughs> three months in the van in front of our house. And he was like a guy, I was, you know, 20 or 21, and he was like, you know, in his 40s, mm-hmm. um, maybe even 50s. He's from, he's from Michigan. Um, he was really trashy. His name was Paul. And he just lived there and like hung out and partied with us all summer. <laughs> and he moved, his girlfriend lived in the van with him. Her name was Crystal, and we called her Crystal Meth <laughs> for obvious reasons. And she was like in her 20s, and it was just a very weird pairing. Whoa. Us just hanging out with this guy, Paul. And he was like really funny and cool, and like we liked him. But like, you know, he would like come in our house and use our bathroom. And like, he basically just like became a new roommate, but lived Whoa. in his van. And he like would help us with like, like he, he, he at the first he moved in because he was helping with the, the scooter. Like he needed mm-hmm. to like replace a part or something. But then it kind of transitioned to him just like being our friend and living with us and like drinking with us and partying with us. And like, I remember one time I was um, going to Home Depot with him to get some wood for the skate ramp in our backyard. And we're on our way to Home Depot. And he's like, he's like, oh, can we stop at the strip club on the way to Home Depot? And it's like 1 p.m. And I was like, well, why do you want to go to the strip club at 1 p.m.? Like, are the strippers particularly good at that hour? And he's like, no but the buffet is particularly free. <laughs> so it was like the strip club had a free buffet oh, at lunch to encourage people to come in. So did you go? Yeah. Well, I didn't eat, it? I didn't eat anything, but he had like pasta and pizza well. and I just kind of hung out and it was a very bizarre experience. And he lived there for three months and I have lots of stories of Paul living with us. But one thing in particular is he always said that like Crystal's dad was someone that he never got along with because they had the same per- birthday, but Paul was two years earlier. <laughs> so he's older than Crystal's dad. Oh, no. And I remember, you know, one time... How old is Crystal? Crystal was like in her early 20s. She was like okay. our age. She was like 24 or something. Okay. And I remember one time, like, him and Crystal were fighting because he met these girls at a gas station and went to a hot tub with them. So he, like, cheated on Crystal, which is like... <sighs> If you live in a van, how do you cheat on your girlfriend? <laughs> was, it, was it Bianca Burke? <laughs> yeah, it might have been Bianca Burke, actually. And she actually had very Bianca Berg vibes, Crystal did. Huh. Anyway, so there was like they were fighting and Paul would like confide in me. He's like, I fucked up, man. I fucking I, I'm gonna lose Crystal. She's all I care about, man. I fucked up. And he's all confiding into me. And then one day, me and Paul and my roommates and Crystal were hanging out in the living room, like playing video games or something. And there's just a knock on the door. And the door opens up and it's like an old guy. And he just says, Crystal, come here. And it was Crystal's dad. <sighs> and she just grabbed her bag. And walked out the door, and I never saw Crystal again. And then Paul left the next day to go find her, and I never talked to Paul again. Whoa. Any contact information? I had his phone number back in the day as Paul Scooter in my phone, but I tried to call it like a couple years later, and it didn't. It was like, you know, it was like a prepay page. Right. I have no idea what Paul's doing now. Wow. Yeah, very interesting. 
There's a guy living outside my house. Oh, really? Right now. Interesting. I mean, he's been there for three years. In, in his, his car. In his car. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We just, I don't know his name. Hmm. It's just a like a rundown blue car. I don't know if it can drive. Yeah. But he, I don't. He's never bothered us. Huh. Yeah. Wow. That's the story of Paul. I got lots of stories, man. Just you wait. Okay. I will. Wow, we had some pretty good stories today. Yeah. How are you feeling? Good. How's the sun? What sun? Ah, oh, you wouldn't know, I guess. How are you? How are you doing? You know, I'm hot. I'm here in the middle of the desert. I'm all pricklyed up. But you know what? We got. I got some veggie sushi. You have a sandwich. Yeah. I think it's time to eat some lunch. Okay. Well, everyone, thank you for sending in your stories. If you didn't hear your stories on this episode, we might do another episode with the rest of the stories. Mm-hmm. But we thank you for taking the time, and we thank you for being the crime. Okay. Thanks for your crimes. Thanks Th- for your sins. Thank you for your sins, and sinning is winning. We'll be back next week. With Podcast But Outside. Thank you all so much. We're going to go eat one of these Joshua trees. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> what an episode of our show. Yeah. Uh, I like the way that all the stories got told, and then we told some fun stories. And I like the way that we were in the desert. And I like how close I am to you right now. Yeah, Andrew's my little parrot guy now. I'm going to feed him some crackers, and then I'm going to put him in a cage and throw a blanket over it so he stops screaming. So he thinks it's nighttime. Thanks for watching. We'll be back next week with another episode. Check out our social media. We got some stuff there. And also check out Google for all the info you need. Yeah, so you can pretty much search anything on there, and they got it. Yeah. I've been doing that a lot. Hope you have some success. I've been searching about, like, broom, care care package. Like, what was that? And then I looked, and I was like, oh, I get it. I understand. So uh, educate yourself and help out. Bye. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? Okay. Hey, you want to talk to us? You want to talk to us? Talk, 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 talk to us? There is nothing near us. I see a butterfly. I see a rodent. And I see... That's it. There's the butterfly and coal.